Hey guys, Brett here. I'm Chris. And this is... Chris Talk. We talk. We do. We're back to talk. So, you may notice from the uh, title of the episode, we'll be touching on the impeachment again. Yeah. I mean, it's inevitable in the fact that so much has continued to happen. Yeah. Um, and it's just, with the news cycle the way it is, crazy pace... I assure you this won't be our last show. On no, the impeachment that's just either. it. I mean, it keeps happening. I mean, it's not going to go away. And <clears throat> I think everyone keeps thinking the conclusion is foregone. But guess what? We, nobody knows what's going to happen in the end. And uh, as it plays out, there's interesting tidbits to take into consideration. And we're going to cover those. Yeah, Brent's got a good overview of like historical context. And uh, I'll have the latest evidence uh, that's been uh, out from a yeah. Bill Taylor story. That position. Uping, updating us on the most critical elements of what's been said so far that we know about. Yes. So first, how was your week? The week was filled with painting a new bunk bed for my kids, mm -hmm. which is up right now. It's 98% done. I had to do some touch-up painting once we got it put together. I'm sure we're not done with that. These kids have no idea how lucky they are that I... Not only bought, my wife and I bought this thing, but we put in, I'd say, two solid weeks of painting and taping and repainting and clear coating. It looks like a mini two-story house. It's like a copy of <laughs> what I would want to live in if I was in Florida on the beach. <laughs> it's so awesome. You may not live in Florida because they Florida has a new resident. I know. That just makes it less, much less likely I'd ever live there. That's for sure. Honestly, it makes so many other things make sense, though. Oh, yeah. Like, instead of President Trump did this today, just insert Florida Man, Florida man. did this today. Florida Man says. Florida, Florida man, man does. Says. Florida Man is. I, we never talked about this. Last year, we did Halloween together. How was your Halloween this year? It was snowing here. Yes. If you're listening from Not From Around. Yeah. Uh, well, Warren and I watched uh, train videos inside because he refused to put on his cold weather gear. Sure. Through a fit. And Eleanor and Courtney went out for a solid hour in the blizzard, yep, blowing, snowing, uh, frozenness that it was, and they got a ton of candy. Probably because there wasn't a ton of kids out, so they're getting handfuls. Oh yeah, 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 full size stuff. It's like <clears throat> I got yelled at. I am throwing my wife under the bus for that. I got yelled at for trying to steal some of the Snickers bars because apparently they can eat them now. Oh, yeah, interesting. So. Uh, yeah. Whatever. You know, live I learn. deal with that. Live and learn. So, your week? You know, it was good. I'm trying to think. I hate to admit it. Is it a blur? It was just a blur. <laughs> like, but, uh... I have arrived at Sunday, and here we are. Don't know, yeah. I, don't know how I got here. <clears throat> school is just busy. I mean, school is just going fast. And uh, assignments are vast. Uh, we had to research... I think it was three or four local businesses and uh, do their market demographics and then write uh, taglines for those businesses to target those demographics. And we had to write an entire jingle for a company. And then record it? That's part of your... You know, honestly, we did not have to record it this week. It's a saving grace. But just coming up with the jingle was uh, enough. And he wanted to have a say before we got that far if it was good or if it needed to get tailored to better fit the uh, brief. So you got a first pass, and then you had to maybe go back? Yeah, luckily my first pass got approved. Wow. See, it's kind of painful Feeling to me, good. because not being a, an everyday artist kind of person, feels like the natural flow of creation would be interrupted by forcing it to be into some box. No, no, it is. <laughs> Very apt. Uh, it is. And that's tough. And that's why it's like a, <clears throat> it's a hard thing to tell somebody, like, my homework is to write a song or a jingle. I don't know how long that takes. Sometimes it doesn't take very long. Sometimes it takes too long. And uh, sometimes you're just like, here are words. I have to get this in by the deadline. <laughs> Whether or not they may jingle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing. It's not funny. No, it, it is like... what it is. I yeah. mean, you know, if you can tick the boxes of the... Uh... Well, I can't think. The uh, What's the grading thing? The rubric. You can take all oh. the boxes you know, yeah. and get the grades. So. Yeah. Cool. So it happened. This it week happened. happened. This week happened. And Halloween, uh, yeah. my grandma is in a nursing home right now. Okay. And so uh, we took the kids to see her. And um, it was just 
A, all inside, so plus there. Yeah. B, these, uh, my my kids go to stay with my mom a lot. They'll watch them during the day instead of daycare or anything. Right. And um, so she'll take them to see my grandma a lot. So it was interesting to see my kids knew a lot of the people. Oh, yeah, they're rolling in and like, hey, what's yeah. up? And you're like, who are these people? <laughs> yeah, so they got hooked up with the <laughs> candy cool. and everything. Good. And then I, I was in the room for a while with my grandma. I was helping her find something. And Harrison had, like, vanished. And Chelsea's like, where is he? I'm like, I don't know. Hopefully in the house, though. It's a pretty secure place. Yeah. You can't get out without alarms going off. Well, you that's know? good. And uh, he was in the uh, in the diner hall with uh, one of the people that was friends with my grandma. That He's was like, I'm going to go chill with them for a while. Yeah. And that's she cool. said, yeah, he walked right in here, saw me, his face lit up, came and sat at the table with me. Cool. Like, that's sweet. Yeah, that is nice. So, uh... Again, they had the entire dining room when we first got there uh, set up for trick-or-treaters. Okay. So it was like a parade kind of thing? Or? Yeah, yeah, super sweet. Worked out really good. And then we spent a lot of time there. Um, we spent a few hours there. And the kids probably went through a few times. But lots of candy was acquired. And then we stopped at a church's uh, trunk or treat. But again, it was so cold, they oh, moved yeah. it inside. Yeah. I have a small complaint. I'm not going to say what's church because not my beef. Sure. But You've been to Trunk or Treats. Oh, yes. We went to like four this year. So. I've been to Trunk or Treats. Yeah. They are cars, or if they're inside, little tables. Set Stands. Up where yeah. you get candy. Go around. Go. Nothing like that. First off, you had to sign in. Don't like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Feel a little Ron Swanson here, but. A lot of information or. Huh? A lot of information? Name and address. They want to, They want you to be on the mailing list. Why don't we be on the mailing list? Right. That's not why I'm here. That's not why I'm bringing my kids here. Yeah. If I like what you're presenting, I will come back. Yeah. You know? Shouldn't force that. Shouldn't force that. We get inside. It's all games. Like, throw the ring on I've the never, I mean, or, And then they had hot I've dogs that, there. But that's like they part had of popcorn. The... I mean, it gave kids something to do outside of the cold. I can see the merit in that. But my kid is two and a half, almost three, gosh. Yeah. And my daughter, that's scary. I almost have a three-year-old parent moment. And uh, my daughter's a year and a half, so not beneficial for them. And Harry just, like, loved the kid, ran right up, cut everybody in line. He's like, I'll go. And oh, yeah. he just took it and started going. If I going. have to, yeah. Someone's got to do it. I know how this works. That's awesome. So, <clears throat> and uh, that was good. I, I wanted to sweetest thing uh he was he didn't get very many reese's he had one i think one or two and he was eating them i said oh those are dad's favorite i love reese's too and he goes here dad and he just gave me his reese's halfway eaten oh yeah those and are I'm, the best though. i know i'm like do you like them? those oh yeah but you can share just that is that's I'm nice happy i'm happy with my kids so you are you're one <laughs> of the favorite ones you get you get the gift of reese's yes uh, yes the precious so, the precious yeah so it was good. It was good. Uh, Harrison was a vampire, which oh, that's uh, cool. they got a, a lot of people got a kick out of that. I couldn't find a kid's uh, cowl. I don't know what I think to call it. Yeah. Uh, cape, I guess. Why, right, right. Yeah. yeah so I didn't take. I bought a women's one because they're a little smaller, and uh, I cut it. But like the hood came all the way down to like here on him. Kind of looked like a cool thing. Like it meant to look like that. Kind of like a dress. Kind of hey. look like a homemade Halloween costume. You know what? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm -mm. I really appreciate the homemade outfits. I mean, I I think it was Courtney. <clears throat> my wife commented to me that she saw a lot less of the homemade stuff this year. Which, if you're going to put time into that, I mean, God love you. Because that's that's cool. I appreciate people that do that. And I mean, hey. Yeah. That's, it's the time and effort and, and that's the thing. thoughtfulness. I'm, I'm all about making my kids costume if they want to be something I can make. Yeah. The vampire thing was easy. He had the tuxedo shirt, so easy, long yeah. sleeve Done. to win. Nice. And we got him the vampire teeth. He wasn't a fan of those. Right. But we got some cute pictures. And uh, so Dad ended up, I ended up wearing those. So I could, I'm like, I'm the vampire. If I have to. <laughs> right. And uh, we bought him one of those uh, big pet, uh, like an amulet necklace. Oh, yeah. Is that what Evelyn's wearing? Yeah. 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 So now, yeah. So now Evelyn's wearing it. And, uh, yeah. She looks like Mr. To T ward. or something. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I have to say, it's probably my favorite Halloween ever. Uh, kids have made Halloween a super fun holiday. I was never a big fan. Now I'm pretty on board. Yeah. I agree. So. It's awesome. Uh, it's almost 10 minutes. So let's dive in. <laughs> yeah, man. 
I think it is definitely a good time to get into more of what's going on with the impeachment. So what I want to talk about, <clears throat> I've seen a lot of questions about, and not just like people that are viewing, if you sent some, thank you, I haven't seen them, but at the end of the day, uh, I've seen a lot of people commenting about what I would consider as a question, and that's more about what's going on in terms of the context of what we're seeing today versus what's happened in the past. And hmm. the historically, um, you know, there's not like a, you used the word rubric earlier. There's not like a template. There's not a, you know, a set standard for how the, and we've talked about this. You should see the first impeachment episode if you have not, because. Link somewhere. Yeah. Because I can do that now. Because I'm being too savvy. It's important if you haven't, because it gives you a lot more information critically about the Constitution. But the Constitution's kind of vague. We'll just leave it at that. And in the sense that, um, since that that document was laid down and, and written and set forth as the foundation, um, it's more like a legal precedent has been created for how the impeachment process unfolds. It's and a couple sentences in the Constitution, right? Well, a, a sentence. Yeah, I mean, you you might be generous and call it a paragraph. Sure. Um, but really, there's not like a ton of instruction it's on what not, to do. Yeah, it's not a, a hand guide. Right. For impeachment. And so that was, and I mean, that was a major issue during the uh, first impeachment trial of uh, Johnson, sure. Andrew Johnson. I mean, they really had to kind of create their own framework for what they were going to do. And that's so today, that's what's being done is the Democrats are pulling on what has been done from mainly the Nixon and Clinton impeachment proceedings. Um, so that that's the framework they're working within. Is it being uh, is either of those impeachment proceedings uh, framework being followed to the T? No, um, because we have arrived, and I'll get into this in more detail. We have arrived at impeachment in this instance uh, through a different set of circumstances. Yeah, different events have gotten us to this point, um, <clears throat> and so you know I think it's probably most important. Uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about. Nixon and Clinton, and then compare them to Trump. What's going on today? Um, I'll give. I want to give some context. I want to talk about the president's popularity, uh, the popularity of impeachment, and then the outcomes. You know, politically, what was going on, and um, you know, as as a, an outcome of what was done. Um, you know, so, and I think it's important. Again, go back to the original uh, impeachment episode if you don't know a lot about what happened during the Nixon and Clinton impeachment proceedings, because I'm not going to touch on everything. I'm more going to just literally talk about some context to give you guys a basis, and we're going to go into it. Um, so for Nixon, uh, really, the the case against him uh, for impeachment was largely, and not entirely, but largely based on the Watergate scandal and what unfolded, and that's the other part of it, what unfolded from there, uh, what he did. Um, it basically, what we had was a situation where there were tape uh, recording devices in the White House, and those picked up conversations he was having throughout his administration. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and critically for the people that were investigating and prosecuting him, uh, he taped <clears throat> himself uh, directly asking his uh, donors to his reelection campaign to perjure themselves. That's the big thing that they got him on in the articles of, of impeachment. Um, he was directly involved in the burglary at the DNC uh, and supported that. Yeah, at the Watergate yep, Hotel. Yep, at the Watergate Hotel. And so, uh, you know, that's really what was built up and what caught, that triggered, that event, the burglary triggered the series of, of events that followed that, you know, basically got to the impeachment proceedings that never, like, really got into full um, fruition, I guess, right? For lack of a better way of putting it. Like, they were they were investigating, but they... Um, did they get to a vote? See, that's that's where I, I, I feel bad. I get a little fuzzy, too. I, I thought that the House had impeached him, but I don't think so. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't think there was a vote. I think that... I think he, the Republicans in the Senate were signaling, you, yes, you don't have enough votes. He lost support. He lost support. Clearly, they told him they weren't going to support him. And that's... And that's when he resigned. Yeah. Um, so it never got to like a full impeachment impeachment proceeding. Um, so Nixon's popularity. Um, I have a pen. Oh, nice. 
back in uh, 1974, then his popularity in August was uh, 49.1%. Uh, and this its, is an election year. Yes. Yeah. At its peak, um, his uh, his popularity had been about 66%. Hmm. Um, That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, and that is good. We'll give you some context with other presidents, but at his peak, his popularity was at 66%. And so, um, on average, he's sitting around that 49, 50 percentile. Um, and really, it was kind of like a, a wave he was riding during his presidency. Um, you know, he, he sort of hit a peak, and then as Watergate um, happened, mm -hmm. that's when it kind of started this downward trend. Um, and it's amazing when you look at the data. Um, it wasn't like a, especially with Congress, it wasn't like a major swing. The public opinion of him swung more quickly especially as they got further into the investigation and more was coming out about... It was the trials. Correct. It was actually the impeachment trials uh, that the House was doing. Well, their depositions. Uh, yeah, but they were public hearings. Correct. And, yeah, right, when the when yep. the truth was made public. Yep. And the thing I keep hearing pushback from that, though, just, yep. I'm sorry if you don't mind. No, go for it. Is that when that happened, there were four television stations. Right. And people really didn't have much else to watch. People were far more engaged. Right. And so a lot, a lot less polarized because of less information. Um, you know, I think they kind of let it just kind of unfold. So impeachment wasn't overly popular until right before he resigned. Yeah. You know. Um, and so, I mean, ma mainly um, in August of 1974, like I was mentioning, he's at 49.1%. That's 10 months after the Watergate burglary so he was riding that high and he's he's still down uh to right, right around that 50th percentile 10 months after the burglary happened yeah. so they're starting to piece it all together um and basically the popularity of impeachment increased particularly after he had to release the recording showing he was directly involved in the cover-up after watergate it's when they started um during the depositions, they started asking more questions. I believe it was one of his his assistants that had had admitted there was the tape recording system, and that's when they started demanding the tapes. And Nixon at first resisted that. Um, it, it, he um, well, yeah, he tried to claim yeah. it, it would affect uh, executive and national security. And national security. Yeah, and that's so that's a fun video to watch. You can find that on YouTube. Oh man, and um, I can't remember the guys. Oh, Archibald Cox. Mm -hmm. He was really um, his situation. He was the original investigator, mm -hmm. uh, independent counsel, like a kid, the Ken Starr for right. the Nixon impeachment. Um, and basically, because he was fighting to get those tapes, it became a, a huge PR disaster for Nixon. Um, that's really when his popularity took a tailspin and it impeachment became extremely popular because he pushed for the firing of the independent council and that created a PR disaster because it just, just destroyed his credibility. Mm. Um, and so Nixon's actions throughout all of this were clearly political for mm -hmm. everyone to see because he was just trying to, he was uh, throwing out the people that were complicit with him um, for the Justice Department. Like there were lots of his aides, his um, uh, I don't know, chief of staff went to uh, prison yeah. Bob Haldeman. And Vice President had to resign? He did resign. Spiro the uh, Agnew, yeah. And then there was the, I think his Attorney General also resigned because of all of his actions. Yeah, I can't remember what that was called. They called that something, like the Sunday... Like Massacre or something? No, that's probably something way more historically Yeah, and I mean, honestly, we... Uh, go back and watch our episode on impeachment. We'll, we talk about it all there. Yeah, right, exactly. So go back if you want the more the, the additional detail there. Because yeah. we researched that, that side of it for this. This is more context, right? Um, so he fired, he went and fired the special counsel, which destroyed his credibility. Yep. And that's when it, it his, uh, you know, his credibility takes his tailspin. The Republicans in Congress say they can't support him, and so he sees the writing on the wall. He's not going to survive an impeachment trial. He's going to be impeached, and then he might be removed from office, right? So he resigned, um, and that's just it. So the outcome was that he got forced into resigning his, pre his presidency. Um, his vice president, Gerald Ford, did not resign. Spiro Agnew, I think, was the attorney general. That's what, I think that's, that's what was going on. 
I was under the impression Spiro Agnew, gosh, I feel better when it all down. Spiro Agnew had resigned. You're right. You know, you're right. Because Ford was his vice president. But I thought Ford got lifted up to the office out of another position when Spiro Agnew resigned. We may need to look that up and provide some additional research. We'll go back to you. Yeah, exactly. It's not that. Or go back and watch the episode. We'll go watch our well, episode too. Right. That's not as critical it's as in this book right behind as you, Vice President Ford, though. After he um, <clears throat> and the other the other thing that happened mainly, right? President Vice President Ford got elevated to the presidency. He pardoned Nixon. Yep. And that's what cost him the next election. Yep. Right. Um, the Republicans also subsequently, because of their actions supporting Nixon up to the end. They lost 49 seats in the House in the upcoming election and five seats in the Senate. But it would have been 74, I think. They lost their majority. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, he resigned in August. Elections are November. It's not great timing. Talk about trashing everything, your chances on that. So, you know, just to give you some idea, though, and I, I got most of that from 538. They had a couple of really good articles that we'll, we'll uh, supply on this. Um, I, I did other research, too. Just Wikipedia, the House has records. Um, you know, and, and really, I think it's nice to you know, watch videos on it, too. I, I did some of that as well. So just that's, again, giving some context on how they got to and through Nixon, like what happened to him. Right. Yeah. So let's let's go on to Clinton. Let's talk about Clinton's son. Right. Again, 538 had a really good article comparing the two. That was my main source on this one. Um, but really, the case against Clinton was was Ken Starr, the independent counsel. It was him uh his report right in in all of what they dug up on uh the monica lewinsky linda the trip. scandal that involved monica lewinsky and linda trip basically dug up all the, the his history uh with women you know and he did some bad things absolutely you know he compromised himself personally um you know and i think that's the difference between nixon and right now trump right he compromised himself per in his personal life and it was not for political gain that he was trying to cover that up. He was right. covering it up to, I save his marriage, save save his uh, persona, you know, and his himself. And, you know, there is a political aspect to that. I may have to take that back. You know, it it, it didn't destroy him though politically. I'm going to talk about that some too. But Ken Starr's report and uh, what happened in the Senate trial with that was largely what tried to crush Clinton. Yeah. Um, but Clinton was super popular. His popularity approval throughout 1998 was 60 to 70%, mm -hmm. right? And just get this, after the impeachment, 67%. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought it went up. It was down a little well, bit and then went up I'm after. just saying 60 70% through 98, but yeah. at the, after <clears throat> impeachment, it was going up 67%. Yeah, they took forever. They meandered. They didn't stay. <clears throat> Kenneth Starr started with... Uh, the travel gate white water yep. and he meandered through cause after cause after cause yep. and finally it was like because of a lady named paula jones who came forward and right and so they the only they could really reveal was that he lied publicly under oath that he had had these affairs yeah. which he did lie that was wrong absolutely but he lied to protect himself personally there was nothing that he was trying to do that was to directly influence anybody politically amen and so the impeachment side of it was not uh, super popular. Only 48% of people approved of it at the peak yeah. of the impeachment proceedings. And um, I think it was about an average of 40% over the course of it. Um, but that's just it. Clinton's impeachment seemed to be a personal matter. Um, and the outcome really was that there was no, there was impeachment in the House, but there was no removal of off from him from, from office because I think it was largely the fact that people made the calculation it was not it was close it was not popular yeah um so and the interesting thing is the backlash so clinton's super popular coming out of it right um and the backlash against the republicans for doing the meandering and not making anything really largely politically out of it uh it cost the speaker newt gingrich his speakership right and the Republicans lost five seats in the House in the midterm elections. Yeah. The Senate, there was some losses and gains on both sides, but it was basically a wash. So think about that. Hmm. There's something to be learned from it being a BS proceeding. It has to be good or the public is going to make you pay. Yeah. No, absolutely true. And so 
let's you know let's go into some context on the current proceedings against Trump. Sure. <clears throat> so, Trump's is really based on real like right now we're living it right real time accusations of crime, um, and I think really the scope is that uh, call with the Ukrainian president and what is perceived to be a quid pro quo. Um, and at, from deposition, you'll talk about mm-hmm. explaining how it, it, it goes beyond just those two's discussion. And quid pro quo simply means this for that. Correct. Which I could go to Walmart. I pay for my items. They try to ask me, no. Uh, They're not directly holding it over your head. Yeah, that's a quid pro quo. It's fine. That's an acceptable quid pro quo. Yep, a transaction. Transaction. If a boss tries to sexually exploit a worker, so she or he can keep their job, that's also a quid pro quo. That's a bad quid pro quo. Yep. You know? Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Cannot hold something over people's head legally. Yes. Uh, Especially taxpayer dollars, and that's what we're talking about. So we're going to get into that. I won't steal your thunder. No. Um, so we're talking about real time, like the the Democrats had that they've they've investigated Trump for lots <laughs> lots of different things, you know, uh, related to to taxes. They've investigated him related to um, the emoluments clauses. That's ongoing investigation. Correct. Yeah. And so we don't know the outcomes there, but that's just to be said that there's things that have kind of led up to this that they've been pushing. And now that they had this trigger, I would call it trigger event with the whistleblower Yep. that. And so since then there's more and more, they've dug up through testimony and you'll get into that. Um, and so from that though, uh, it, it just kind of, it, it's not just something that happened over time. It just happened. And now we're, we're, we're learning about the context of what was leading up to that. It wasn't like an affair that happened over the course of months. It wasn't um, a planned and executed burglary that happened, and then all of a sudden, 10 months later, we directly implicate the president. Like, the president did something. A whistleblower raised the flag, reported it, and now, not within a lot of time, we're already in- investigating the president for impeachment. Um, Trump? Popularity-wise, and I looked at Gallup. That's what I used for my measure on all three of these Gallup, Gallup. polls. Um, he, he's not overly popular, especially compared to Nixon or Clinton. Uh, his he's, his popularity is ranged at about 40% on average throughout his presidency. Um, it was at 46% at its peak. And as of the 1st of October, his popularity is at 39%. So 39% of the country right now approves of the president according to Gallup polls, which is a legitimate polling organization. They have, a, they have good articles about this stuff that's going on now, too. Um, <clears throat> the impeachment support side of it is interesting, too. It's it sort of changed over time, but as of the 16th, 52% of people approve of impeachment proceedings against President Trump. Now, that, again, remind you, impeachment was only at 48% against Nixon at its peak. And for Clinton, impeachment was only at... Did I write that down? I didn't hear you say that. No, I may not have. It was not overly popular. But, no, you Sorry maybe did. Public approval was low, I know, for the Clinton impeachment. Correct. 40-something, maybe, at oh, the end. Um, I do remember now. Wait. Oh, that was popularity... I mean, it's popular after the impeachment. You right, said yeah, that. that's just it. So, um, Processing. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just to, I didn't mean to like throw that whole thing into the, the wind there. But at the end of the day, the president's not popular, and impeachment is popular. It's over 50%. Now, is it an overwhelming majority? No. Yep. But compared <clears throat> in historical context, when presidents are popularity are popular, and the impeachment proceedings are not overly popular until something happened in Nixon's yep. case... It's interesting. We've never had this happen. Can I be the negative Nancy? Go for it. I've been watching a lot of Fox. <laughs> Not proud, but uh, I, hey. I've been called out a few times on my sources being bad, and I'm really fascinated by that. But I've really been trying to dive in to really see what the opposition, I'm going to call that that, uh, the other side. The other side. Other, oppo- yeah. other opinions. I'm calling opposition because I feel like they are opposed truth, fact, logic. Can be. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. 
the truth of the matter is, if you look at the swing states in which matter in the election coming up, 2020, yep. they don't care about the impeachment. Sure. Overall, they don't like it. Sure. If you talk about Pennsylvania, Ohio, <laughs> Arizona, and I can't remember the other one, but all of those states uh, have really no interest in the impeachment proceedings, and Trump still has a decent approval rating there. Yeah. So when Trump's talking about polls, you have to be honest, like, Trump is an amazing politician. He really is. He is only thinking about the states that matter to him. Sure. He's treating it like a game, not like it's anything else. Sure. I don't condone that as greatness. I think that is just... Play play the game. He's playing the game. As he did in business. Yes. And he seems to be playing a little bit better in politics because the the other thing we have to look at was... uh, I don't want to step (coughs) on your thunder. No, you're good. Okay. I was I was wrapping up. Okay. Um, the other thing I guess is, last thing I was going to say, yeah. if I may, Trump's actions are largely and truth, truly seen as partisan. It's political. So glad you said that. No. So, I mean, that's all it is. Such a good segue. It's not right? personal. So, we didn't even plan yeah. this. I love, the one thing me and Brett do really good, I feel like, is we never give you BS reactions. I truly don't know what he's going to say. He does not know what I'm going to say. We tell each other... A rough idea of where the the information's taking us, just so we're not repeating each other. Yeah, but for sure. I'm honestly learning. That's how the conversations always learning. have gone. So. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's an honest thing. I hate listening to those radio shows, and they're like, oh, you don't say it. I can't believe that. And then three sentences later, they have this opinion that they've obviously had for a while. For, well, I've always thought this, this, and this. Oh, so you did know about it. Yep. I just think it's tacky. Can Sorry. be. So, um... Again, I'm calling this impeachment three. This is the third time we've done an update. Yeah, we did an update couple one time before and And that's great to put all the things there because the problem again are those the problem again is the, the swing states in this case. Like it, it's just how do we make those people care? Because I, it's great that we have how much? Sixty percent of the country? That's uh what? Uh, in favor of impeachment right now? 52%. 52? Yep. But those, that, again, it's like, it's just like the popular vote. It doesn't matter. Correct. And, like, the only time it does matter, apparently, is for the Democrats, because there were no Republicans that voted yes for the impeachment proceedings. Correct. And only two, but two Democrats did. Two Democrats voted no. Two, uh, yes, voted no. Yes. Uh, And, again... That makes it look like a partisan attack now from the Democrats. Well, and I think they were they were going on. They I can't remember. Are they vulnerable in their the elections? No, just those two that said no. Yes, uh, one of them. Well, yes. I don't know. One of them is in a uh, district that voted for Trump over, over Hillary thirty points. Okay. So, Trump landed. Trying a to save bit. him. Yeah. And again, that's why I don't like politics. If you're just worried about getting reelected, I don't yeah. know. Um, quid pro quos, again, not always bad. The one thing I am going to do, too, is defend Mick Mulvaney when he said, it happens all the time, get used to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think a lot of what he said was stupid, but that I mean mainstream that... mainstream media has jumped all over that. I The first time I heard it, too, I was like... <gasps> but then it just... It's just honest. It is done all the time. Correct. That wasn't the problem with what he said. No, not at all. It's how he described it. Uh, but Jimmy Carter made Egypt make peace with Israel uh, to get aid. That Correct. is a quid pro quo. Mm-hmm. President uh, George W. Bush would make countries give their citizens free speech and freedom of assembly before getting some kinds of U.S. aid. Mm-hmm. Also a quid pro quo. Yep. So they wanted to, in one instance, garner peace. Yep. And in another instance garner free speech for their citizenry um evil not investigate evil political <laughs> rival i know okay so okay, that's just the make thing. sure that that's what you're saying right that's what i'm saying okay. so mick mulvaney is right quid pro quos do happen all the time Heck yeah they do not partisan ones and i will lay this the all benefit out just for one you. freaking person <laughs> i i need to tell you about two people uh and that is a actually three people i'm going to talk about um a guy named bill taylor now, Bill Taylor uh, is a career diplomat. He's worked for both Republican and Democratic administrations. Mike Pompeo, mm-hmm. Trump's dude there, yep. Yep. 
pulled Taylor out of retirement to run diplomacy in Ukraine. Yep. So that you find a pen. I know pens are so important. So important. So that's Bill Taylor. The other person I want to talk about is this guy named Gordon Sondland. Gordon Sondland is our diplomat to the EU. What are Gordon Sondland's qualifications, Brent, you might ask? I do ask. Chris, can I ask you, what are Gordon Sondland's qualifications? Thank you, Brent. Well, he's the founder and chair of Providence Hotels, and he gave over a million dollars to President Donald Trump in his 2016 election. Man. I'm completely sold that he is a very qualified diplomat, and he should be running. He should be our ambassador to the EU. He should. He should. Yeah. So we're going to talk about these two people. and um, Nice. And we're also going to talk about the third person, which is none other than a few pages away. I don't remember his first name. Alexander. First names are important. Alexander. What's his name? Graham Bell. Uh, Vindeman. No. Alexander Vindeman. Huh? So, and he is a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army. Yep. Now, the backstory on him... Sounds like a Russian spy. He was born in Ukraine. Of course. And he served in the U.S. Army from 1999 to present. He fought in the Iraqi War where he received a Purple Heart. Yeah, people who take wounds for the country generally don't spy for the enemy. Oh, listen to the Republicans throw him under the bus. Along with Bill Taylor, who is a career politician. They asked him to come out of retirement. To, to oversee Ukraine diplom uh, diplomacy after Yovanovitch was pulled out of there for no apparent reason other than Trump had lost faith in her. So, I have to say this. I find it incredibly interesting and disturbing, I told you this, that the Republican tactic is just to go after these people even before they've testified or, or offered their testimony um, they just completely go to discredit them. So why are you trying to do that before they even testify one, when these people on the surface should be trusted? Because A, they were acting in a uh, diplomatic capacity in one in both cases. Yep. Um, up and, and still are, I believe. Uh, I don't know about Bill Taylor. Vindeman, for sure, should be. Yes, Vindeman is. Vindeman's an important dude. We'll get to him. And so, He's, uh, if they're the trusted enough to do that work, why on earth would you just try to destroy them before they even talk? And then after, of course, you know, because of this political ramifications, of course they're going to go after them. Um, and I hate to say that, but it's the, it's the truth, right? We yep. just kind of expect that to happen. Um, but it, it's sort of pathetic, right? It's the same thing as, as everyone saying it's a sham proceeding and you can't do this. Well, guess what, guys? The framework, like I just said, is there. This is not a sham. It's the way the founders laid it down. We're following the, the law. Charges, you attack the process. Correct. Correct. And I just both, watched that OJ thing. It's so good. And Fuck freaking, Netflix. yeah, both sides just, uh, you know, they, and I'm saying both sides, Republicans and Democrats, set up these different rules, they take them down, and the other side gets mad, and the next thing you know, it's them fighting it out over that stuff. And it's just one more case of that happening in a lot of, case, in a lot of uh, instances. No, absolutely With, Not right. without merit, though. So a lot of the information, most of the information I'm going to give you right now is from Bill Taylor's opening... Uh, opening statement, which got leaked to the press, and he was testifying uh, before House committees mm -hmm. in charge of the impeachment proceedings on October 22nd. Okay. So, um, in there, uh, they Taylor refers to a text from September 9th as it goes, As I said on the phone, I think it's crazy to withhold security assistance for help with a political campaign. End quote. And that was to Gordon Sondland, our EU diplomat. He wrote back, Bill, I believe you are incorrect about President Trump's intentions. The president has been crystal clear. No quid pro quo of any kind. The president trying to evaluate whether Ukraine is going to adopt the transparency and reforms that President Zelensky promised during his campaign. I suggest we stop the back and forth by text. If you still have concerns, I recommend you give Lisa Kenna or S a call to discuss with them directly. Hmm. Why would you want a written record of yeah. all of this? Yeah, that's interesting. So, uh, Taylor went on to say in his statement that uh, Ukraine depends on this aid. 
and withholding it is crazy. It's a big deal. And since uh, I have the dates, I'm not going to skip ahead. I'll give you real facts as I get there. Yeah, real facts. Uh, so in, Jul in June, in June, Taylor, uh, Taylor gave Zelensky on behalf of Trump a congratulatory letter. Uh, and he invited him to the Oval Office if he did a few things first. This is in the letter from Trump that Taylor gave. Yeah, okay. So, um, there was a planned call on June 28th All right. with Ukrainian President Zelensky, and Taylor testified that Ambassador Sondland did not wish to include most of the regular interagency participants and, quote, said that he wanted to make sure no one was transcribing or monitoring as they added Zelensky to the call. End quote. Okay. It Don't want it on record. Right. And it didn't take long for Taylor to realize that, quote, the meeting President Zelensky wanted was conditioned on the investigations of Burisma and alleged Ukrainian interference in the 2016 elections. Huh. This Isn't is, that Ukrainian interference like a, a debunked conspiracy yeah. theory? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's nonsensical. Something okay. off, what, 8chan? I think yeah. that's the thing or something. Yeah. So he also testified um, He also testified that this whole thing was being kind of led by Giuliani, the Trump's yeah. personal lawyer, right. not the proper diplomatic channels that are in place if Trump really wanted to do that. Right. Why have a shadow... Yes. Shadow uh, um, international foreign, policy. Yes. Foreign policy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so now there's this other meeting. I think this is interesting. July 18th, though, so 718, uh, an individual from the OMB, which is Office of Management Budget. Yep. Okay. So an individual from the OMB uh, kind of notifies Taylor that the aid security aid to Ukraine had been put on hold and they didn't know why. So after Taylor kind of pressed a little more, the lady at the OMB said her boss had instructed her not to approve any additional spending of security assistance for Ukraine until further notice. So that's 718. <laughs> okay? Okay. Now, mid-July Yes. The source also said that the order came from Trump through Mulvaney to the OMB's chief of staff. Wow. That's, uh, and this is sworn testimony, okay? So Taylor also testified that uh, the Secretary of Defense, the Secretary of State, the CIA director, and the National Security Director, all, all of them, tried to sit down with Trump to convince him to release the hold on the money. So there's a lot of fun names that we've fun to wow. look up. So what Trump wanted Zelensky to say was, quote, to say he will help with the investigation and address any specific personnel issues if there were any. Wow. Now, Trump's administration even tried to script Zelensky uh, basically say he went they wanted Zelensky to say I will leave no stone unturned in regards to investigations and now this is interesting Zelensky response according to Taylor mm -hmm. was he did not want to be used as a pawn in US in a US reelection scheme so the president of Ukraine tells William Taylor Bill Taylor who came out of retirement on behalf of Mike Pompeo to deal with the diplomacy issues in Ukraine, that he does not want to be a pawn. <laughs> so why did he think he was being a pawn in a re-election thing? Oh, man. In the last five years, Damning. more than 13,000 Ukrainians have been killed by Russian forces. Not surprising. And according to Newsweek, at least 13 Ukrainian soldiers died while aid was frozen. I mean, and it's impossible to say that they yeah, you can't stop that. that in there, but hey, it's not helping. But it draws a, it draws your, uh, I don't know what to say, draws your view or your attention. Uh, thought. Yes, thank you. Your attention to the fact that this aid is 
uh, really important for them. This fight is, wow, I'm stuttering. This fight is very uh, ongoing and every day for them. And they depend on this money. Um, so, Taylor know. was greatly concerned. And he was worried that Ukraine would end up with nothing. Because, I skip stuff. Uh, yes, because uh, the security assistance actually had an expiration date. And if it was not used by September 30th, the end of the fiscal year, mm -hmm. the funds would basically just disappear or expire, and, and they wouldn't get anything. So Taylor knows this, and he's very concerned. And um, according to Sondland, the security assistance would not come until President Zelensky committed to pursue the Burisma investigation. Why? See, that's just it. Why, is it, why did it have to be defense spending? Why couldn't it be something else? Like, why did it have, have to, anything? Well, I'm just saying, why did it have to be... Well, if there's merit there, let's just say it's the perfect call. Yes. If there's merit there... Because Giuliani had came out and said that I am just trying to gather information to protect my client. If I was defending... Not the United States. Correct. Yes. And this is... Again, everyone, this is the problem. Giuliani is basically running the shadow foreign... Policy yeah. that only benefits Trump. Yep. This is to benefit Trump. People have died because Trump withheld money yep. in, in order to try to secure nonsensical information. And people call Hillary Clinton an assassin. Right. Right. So, wow. uh, okay. Now, Again, according to Sondland, the security assistance would not come until President Zelensky committed to pursue the Burisma investigation. This confirmed... Why that company? My gosh. So many questions. Well, Burisma was where... Oh, uh, I know. Hunt, yeah. I was okay. saying, why not some other company? I know. Why not all oil companies? Because it was just the Bidens. It was just a political tool. But right. we'll get there. I'm sorry. I'm just dying here. Yeah, I know. Oh, we'll get I'm there. I'm sorry. I'll shut up. This confirmed that only... Uh, that not only uh, the, the Oval Office... Okay, sorry. This confirmed that not only the Oval Office meeting that Zelensky wanted, yep. but the security uh, money, security assistance, was conditioned on Zelensky investigating Burisma. From Taylor's testimony in the opening statement, he confirmed that there was a quid pro quo. He confirmed that the order came from the president. He confirmed that the purpose was to gather information on the Bidens and the White House tried to hide the involvement what else what else do you need i have more <laughs> i was gonna say what else do you need not a whole lot but i mean I, i'm guessing there's more so what uh, else chris allegedly when gordon sondland testified he could not specifically recall oh yeah about what bill taylor testified he also did not refute most of it yeah. huh. that brings us yeah. to lieutenant colonel Alexander Vindman. Yep. V-I-N-D-M-A-N. Vindman. Vindman. Yeah, it's fun to say. Yeah. So, again, born in Ukraine, but uh, obviously moved up to the ranks in the U.S. Army. Trusted enough to be a, a high-level diplomat. An army officer assigned to the National Security Council. Sounds pretty important. He's on the NSC. Hmm. So, who he was actually in the Situation Room on the call with Trump and Zelensky. Now we're to the phone call. Yep. We've made it to the phone yep. call. Now, according to Vindeman, uh, in his opening statements, he uh, he largely backed the whistleblower's account. Something you'll hear the Trump you'll hear Trump say, uh, "How come there's no one else coming forward?" Well, this guy did come forward, and they, they were complaining about it not being a first-hand account. This is a first-hand account. This is a first-hand account. Yep. And just for the record, this is the only time he came forward. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Now, quote from. From Vindeman, quote, I was concerned by the call. I did not think it was proper to demand that a foreign government investigate a U.S. citizen, and I was worried about the implications for U.S. government support for Ukraine. I realized that if Ukraine pursued an investigation into the Bidens or Burisma, it would likely be interpreted as a partisan play, which would undoubtedly result in mm. the Ukraine losing the bipartisan support it has thus far maintained. This would undermine U.S. national security. Following the call, I again reported my concerns to NSC's lead counsel. There you go. So he did come forward. To the council. To the council. At the NSC. 
Vindeman's deposition lasted uh, ten and a half hours. Jeez. And according to the New York Times, in it he had uh, during the after the phone call he had requested several changes in the readout of the transcript, and all of them were denied by the White House. Of course, without reason. Vindeman also gave testimony about a visit from Ukraine's Secretary of the National Security and Defense Council. Uh, he came to D.C. to meet with National Security Advisor Bolton and Ambassador Volkert Son uh, Ambassadors Volkert Sondland were also there, along with Energy Secretary <coughs> Rick Perry. Uh-oh. Didn't Rick Perry step down? Uh, if he, he resigned or he's... Yeah. I'm not sure if he's out yet, but... Well, hmm. I think this is probably why. So the rat deserting a sinking ship. Vindeman said, quote, The meeting proceeded well until the Ukrainians broached the subject of a meeting between the two presidents. Ambassador Sondland state, uh, started talking about Ukraine delivering specific investigations in order to secure the meeting with the president, at which time Ambassador Bolton cut the meeting short. Or advisor, I'm sorry, advisor Bolton cut the meeting short. Hmm. Following the meeting, there was a scheduled debriefing, which Ambassador Sondland emphasized the importance that Ukraine deliver the investigations into the 2016 election, the Bidens and Burisma. Hmm. I stated to Ambassador Sondland that his statements were inappropriate, that the request to investigate Biden and his son had nothing to do with national security, and that such investigations were not something the NSC was going to get involved in or push, uh, involved in or push. Dr. Hill then entered and asserted Ambassador Sondland's statements were also inappropriate. Following the debriefing, I reported my concerns to the NSC's lead counsel. Mm. Dr. Hill did as well. Vindeman's testimony backs up Taylor's and disputes Sondland's. So, who should we trust here? A career soldier who served his country for took a twenty years, some sort now? of bullet or something for, for his country, years. was wounded for his country. Yeah, right. And wounded for his country. 30 years, right? Yes. Yeah, I can do math. And, and a career politician that has spent tons of time in Ukraine and was pulled out of retirement by Trump's administration. Yes. Or do we believe the hotel... Hotelier. Hotelier, thank you. The hotelier who donated over a million dollars to Trump to get his job. Well, not to get his job, but... One can infer that that million dollars was, was not frowned upon. Yeah, let's talk about how... Didn't hurt. Let's talk about how Hunter didn't deserve that job. Oh my gosh. So, um, in, Taylor's in Taylor's testimony, he said, but President Trump did insist that President Zelensky go to a microphone and say he is opening investigations of Biden 2016's elections interference and that President Zelensky should want to do this himself. So, I that's that's the main stuff. I mean, just some things. Um, the former acting AG Matthew Whitaker, the guy that divided, came up with that toilet. Yeah, yeah, he's a fun guy. He got on TV and argued that abuse of power is not a crime. What? Yep. Okay. And uh, okay, fine, it's not, but uh, sometimes it is. <laughs> hmm. And I, I'm, uh, I'm struggling with when not, but okay. So the other thing happened recently was uh, House Resolution 660, and that's where they approved the impeachment proceedings. Uh, 232 yeas to 190, I can't tell if that's a six, I think it's a six, 96 noes, mm -hmm. uh, nays, if you, two Dems voted nay, as long with uh, all the Republicans. So, But one independent voted yes. Correct. Who was a former Republican. That's true. That's true. We should talk I'd about forgotten that. about that. Uh, in this, they laid out some of the rules for how this is going to go forward. And uh, some of the stuff they decided was basically <coughs> um, permanent select committees on like the intelligence, uh, foreign affairs, ways and means, the fiduciary, all those committees are yeah. going to be continuing their investigations, because they are investigating the president. Um, they are going to open this to the public eventually. The chair um, 
the chair, it's kind of interesting. The head of the committee, as well as the ranking minority member, mm -hmm. will get 45 minutes to interview the people, okay. if you will. And then everyone else on the committee gets the five minutes. Traditional five. The traditional five. Huh. That was one of the things they, they decided to do. Okay. Um, it also gave uh, Nadler. 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 Um, he also gave himself the ability to, I'm not really sure how, and it doesn't specify anything, gave himself the ability um, to do something to the White House if, if the White House is trying to prevent witnesses uh, from testifying. Interesting. And I know I'm being vague, but let me assure you, there's no more right now. There's, there's no other things. There's a three-hour-long video <laughs> that I will link that I've got through some of. I skipped a lot of it because it was just too busy a week. Um, but you can see when Naylor talks about his rules and everything else. So, um, it's all interesting. Now, the next guy that's probably going to give deposition, or maybe he already did, uh, is this Tim Morrison. Okay. And uh, he's the top Russian aide to the president. Um, supposedly, he's supposed to be a Trump guy. Okay. You know, definitely a Trump guy. He said that this all wasn't illegal, but said the optics of it all were terrible. But he backs up Bill Taylor in his opening statements with most of what he says. Now, uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to be. He was with the White House National Security Advisor, he was, and he resigned on uh, 10.30, so October 30th, and he was on the call uh, with him. But he also went to, uh, he went to whatever, the head of council, okay. and reported it too. Not because he said it was illegal. Because the optics were terrible? Because the optics were terrible. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. At least I'm afraid to lose his job. The other well, thing, he doesn't have to be afraid because he resigned. Right. Huh. The other thing they <coughs> uh, proved was the president will get to respond to allegations in writing. Okay. Um, so, yeah. we got. And remember, everybody, another thing I thought about, uh, the, Demo the Republicans are complaining about the due process not being there. Like, you don't get due process during the investigatory process of, like, a grand jury, right? Or the prosecution's investigation yep. during depositions and whatnot, you get due process during the trial, which is in the, in the, in the Senate. Yeah, like we're not there. That that doesn't even that means nothing. It's never been an issue in any other impeachment proceeding that I've seen. Right. So what's going to happen now, though, is the left or the sorry, the right will be able to call their own witnesses and stuff. Yeah. I'm not sure what to do. Uh, to do. I what? mean, to be fair, it's fine. fine. Yeah, totally. Let it come out. So what we're probably looking at now is a few more weeks of uh, depositions we're gonna get the nsc lawyer and i think john bolton's gonna come okay um and then maybe mid to late november that's when we'll probably get the public hearings by uh from the house intelligence that's kind of the main one we'll see yeah and we're likely actually get to see vindeman taylor uh do a public hearing we'll also probably see the foreign ukraine ambassador uh yovanovich wow uh, come, come, and it's interesting. And and all this happened relatively quick because on October 25th, the judge ruled uh, in favor of the, I don't know, in favor of the House. It seems so weird in favor of the United States right. that the impeachment proceedings were legal, and then it forced the White House to turn over the Mueller report unredacted as well as other uh, information. There you go. So, I mean, things are happening. That's the thing is that it took the executive branch, branch pitting themselves against the uh, legislative well, and, and then the judiciary siding with them to make it happen, to just, keep this process going. Just to, I don't even know what the hell they're doing, excuse my language, but Bill Barr is going to start investigating the, his own Justice Department. They already have. Uh, I thought that was just last week. They're investigating the... Russian investigation. Yes. Yeah. Something totally different. I believe so. I believe it was like, uh, well, I mean, October 20th, so a couple weeks ago. I'm old newsing a little bit, but <laughs> I just don't feel like we ever said that on the show. No, I don't think we did. And again, Trump is like king of distraction and baloney. And We're I, missing a lot of things. 
I'm frustrated. I'm very frustrated that everybody's having a hard time putting these pieces together because it seems. I don't. Is it wrong? I think this looks pretty cut and dry. At the end of the day, everybody should get to have their say and their witnesses out there. I do firmly believe that, with you know, regard to this continuing on and as much as possible being made public so the public can um, form their own opinions. But, I mean, you have to admit, everyone likes to talk about or, you know, flail about these conspiracy theories. I, I see all things, kinds of things that are not based on any sort of fact. But to have um, two people whose livelihoods and lives are on the line testify under oath, providing these details, others, two others at least, um, not completely refute any or at all refute anything that's being said by these career individuals um, may not say it's illegal in the sense that they're trying to save themselves from something but it's just very hard for me to believe that there's nothing there if these people are willing to come forward and talk and the credibility levels there and, and the fact that the Republicans are not trying to sit there and say they're not saying hey it was a perfect call the president's saying that. That's the other thing. The, the They're Republicans trying to attack have, process and the people trying to offer testimony. The mood or the attitude has really gone, on the right, has really gone from, well, there's no quid pro quos to quid pro quos happen all the time. Yeah, right. That's I just mean, it. I mean, it's sort of like this flip-flop of, well, it, it didn't happen, but now that it's blatantly obvious it did happen. And that's when that Sondland guy said, President Trump's been very clear, there are no quid pro quos. Thus confirming in my mind that President Trump does not know what quid pro quo means. <laughs> well, or that he's just saying it because it had to be said. I know. If they would have came out and said, yeah, there's a quid pro quo, uh, it, was, uh, it was that there is corruption in Ukraine. That's why we're following all the proper channels uh, to do it. And do Burisma, it as an Obama voice because that's what you would believe it is. And Burisma may be part of a larger investigation, not why? directly involved with a particular candidate's family i just don't know why just why in general we... there's got to be other guilty people if they're if he's guilty like come on it's just frustrating it's Burismo, crazy if you listen to the i think it was the first episode we did Burisma was investigated for 10 months after they got rid of the prosecutor that biden i don't remember his name i want to say it was stolinsky but something that like seems... that they all have skittian so i know confused I go back to the episode but yeah. Burisma was, again, the liquid natural gas company that uh, Hunter, Hunter Biden yep, was worked. on the board for ethics. Yeah, and I won't defend that at all. No, he made a lot of money. We talked about that, though. You should listen to that if you don't know, because both sides of it, Paul Manafort made millions of dollars uh, in Ukraine because that's where you can make a lot of money advising on politics. And uh, your advisement there as someone from the West offers a lot of credibility in a country that is Soviet bloc yet has a legitimate fairly fairly legitimate democracy. So there's a lots of there's a lot there, um, you know, but it's not illegal in that sense. And again, we're talking about the difference between someone making a lot of money legally and somebody trying to illegally use your and my tax dollars to get someone to investigate a political rival in their family. You show me Gordon Sondland's qualifications, and I'll show you Hunter Biden's. That's my pushback. Sure. Absolutely. I'd say that you're probably going to have more in one side versus the other. And, I agree. You know? I agree. It's amazing. Well, no need to beat a dead horse. No. This, um, is, this has been fun. I've, like, I've learned a lot. This is interesting. Thank you very much for giving no. me some of those synopses. I, it's a nice refresher, too, to get the context because, I, again, my prediction, he's not going he's gonna to get impeached in the House. Correct. Never. Senate trial will happen. And never, ever will he get removed from office for impeachment. Correct. So is the Republicans, are the Republicans going to benefit from this? I don't know. Depends on what comes out over the course of the rest of the public depositions. I don't and think Democrats, public opinions go. I don't think Democrats benefit from this at all. No. I think they have to do it because it's the right thing to do. Yep. You can't let I, I heard Stephen Colbert I think it's politically dangerous for them. Stephen Colbert interviewed Nancy Pelosi and he, he Stephen Colbert said, I used to always think I, I didn't want to see Trump get impeached because I thought that was too easy for American people, that they needed to vote him out. No, that is not correct. Like Well, impeachment is regardless of the vote. 
People always, I, yeah, that's another thing that yes. keeps getting said, is that it's to nullify the 2016 election. Guess what? The 2016 election happened, regardless of whatever you think about that. President Trump has been in office for three years, right? It's so scary. And um, regardless of what's happened in the time he's been in office, the impeachment, even if he got removed from office, has nothing to do with the 2016 election. It's regardless of the next election too. I don't even think. I don't even think if he gets impeached, that means he won't win the election. He may win the election. I know. It could make his base even more strong. But I don't... at least I can go to sleep tonight knowing the Democrats stood on their ground. They held their integrity. They did the right thing. Yeah. Republicans are lacking on integrity right now. I'm I... telling you right now, if a, if a Democratic president had done this and was on the hot seat for this, I would be behind the Republicans doing the impeachment proceedings. Yeah. 100%. Because yeah. it's not right to do that. And if there had been anything to Hunter Biden working for Burisma, if there had been clear ties of corruption or something, I, I would be against that too. Personally, I don't. Correct. I think Biden's a grenade at this point. In the He's election. not helping the Dems right now. No. And that's what you see. Warren's getting in the polls. Warren Biden, Buttigieg, Judge. and then and then Biden. I think, yeah, in Iowa at least. Fourth. Yeah, it was an Iowa poll. That's crazy, guys. So, good for them. I know. All right, man. It's well, been fun. Yep, have a nice day. Have Thank a nice week. Next week, we say more words. Yep, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, let us know what you think. Share. Let us know if you need any topics to be covered. Have a nice day, everybody. Thanks. Thank you.